Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. This is episode 741. Um, it's going to be a special show. I've got my colleague with me, Kirk. Um, we've got a great subject. We're going to be discussing the 12 reasons why people hate WordPress plus WordPress drama. Um, I got the idea from a great video on YouTube by Darren Wilson. Um, there'll be a link to the video in the show notes, but go over there and watch the video. Darren's got a great YouTube channel about WordPress. I have invited him onto the podcast. Hopefully he will accept in the new year. Um, so, Kirk, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Kirk Von Annen. I work with Jonathan and WP Tonic. Uh, I also work with Lifter LMS, and I really just focus on membership and learning websites uh, under my own agency as well. So, uh, gosh, I've been with WordPress stuff now since like 2004, Jonathan. This will be fun. Yeah, you need to promote your own agency. What's the name of your agency? <laughs> Manana no mas. Uh, right. I, I do a really bad job of, of self-promotion. Maybe that's my issue. But uh, Manana no mas started in 2008, and uh, we've got about 350 websites uh, based on WordPress out there floating around for clients. That's great. Kirk is very knowledgeable about Lifter and learning management systems in general, and he, he works with the WP Tonic team. So let's... Um, let's um, I don't know to go straight into it or go for our break first. So let's go for our break first, folks. Um, I've got a couple quick messages from a couple of major sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example... Interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and auto fix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. Um, just want to point out that we've got some great special offers from the sponsors, plus we've got a curated list of the best plugins and WordPress services. To get all this knowledge and special offers, all you have to do is go over to WPTonic slash um, deals, um, WPTonic slash deals, and 
to special offers and, like I say, a, a real full list of the best plugins by category. So if you're looking for, got a specific problem and you're looking for the best plugin, um, I've done all the hard work for you. So go over there. It's a great resource. So let's go straight into it, Kirk. Um, so first of all, what did you, you watch the video as well that Darren did. What did you think in general of the points that he listed in the video? And when the video started, I was taken back because it, it just it's awkward because we've chosen to make our living based working in WordPress, right? So I, I I like to think that I like the platform, but then as I watched his video, I was like, ooh, these are reasons why people would hate to work with WordPress. I, I think he did a really good job of of breaking out and and segmenting uh very specifically what his issues were and and I think he leaves a, a lot of room for comment. Oh, I thought it was extremely fair, um, his insights. And um, let, let's go, um, he had a, I've, I've, from him, and I've added a couple, um, I think we've got about 12. So hopefully um, we'll probably get, we'll see how we go and then we might finish off with bonus content, but we'll try and get through all 12 I've listed. So number one, WordPress.org versus WordPress.com. I think he's totally spot on. Um, this 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 just causes people a tremendous degree of confusion if they're new to the WordPress space. What what's your views about this, Kurt? I've worked with clients in this position. It is so frustrating when you are you start consulting with people, you start trying to point them in the right direction, and then they say something that just they say something that doesn't make sense. And then you have to think, wait a minute, you're not on a regular WordPress install. You're on something else. And then you have to walk them, like, are you on WordPress.com or WordPress.org? And then you end up having to re-educate them almost from scratch. Uh, to me, they are completely different prod products. And um, when customers try to grow off of a .com, it can be difficult. I think WordPress.com should be called Tumblr or whatever. Um, it, uh, um, um, I, I think it, um, it needs to be renamed, don't you? Or, you know, I don't know. Um, that's the only way I can see how this can be um, dealt with. Or WordPress.org have to rename. Uh, but I think something's got to be done. What do you reckon? Well, I think Darren really hit it on the head when he said that when people come to that pricing page and they look at the four options on the pricing page, there is nothing there that says you're getting something different if you select these two packages. You know, there's it, there's there's no nomenclature, there's no description, there's no there's there's and and that to me is the problem. You know, if they called it WordPress Lite, even I'd, I'd be happy if they said, "Oh, this is WordPress Lite," and then this is WordPress Pro or this is WordPress Standard or whatever. <laughs> but but something. I mean, if they if they're that attached to the WordPress name, which I would fully understand with the market share that they have um call it something related but different you know this is wordpress light this is good for bloggers and hobbyists and, and people to be in a dot-com environment and, and rent their space but if you want to go if you want to go up a level you have to go to our wordpress standard well i think to be fair to them um it's a bit like what wp tonic no wp tonic is a hosting hybrid of a company and WordPress.com is really a, a kind of 
hosted hybrid as well. And in some ways, it's a bit difficult to explain what you're offering really, isn't it? Or am I just being a bit charitable on a late Thursday afternoon, Kirk? I think you're being charitable because um, if I if if I'm a WordPress.com client and I and I say okay I want to I want to make this better and I reach out to a, a Jonathan a Kurt a, you know a, somebody else an implementer and um, and I go oh I really want my site to do this and this and how come it won't do it you end up going into these things go well that plugin's not compatible and this and you know not all plugins are compatible with this platform and this is why and you, you feel as the implementer that that you're having to burst this person's bubble whereas that bubble should have been that bubble should have been burst when they signed up in the first place you know i'm going to sign up with this as a proof of concept and know that i'm going to have to grow into something different and that's just not what people believe when they sign up for it they, there's nothing that tells them different Right. Let's go on to number two, constant updates. <laughs> um, what's your thoughts about this one, number two? Everything updates. Absolutely everything somehow, some way updates. I mean, I just think about like TPMS on cars, right? Uh, tire pressure monitoring systems. Like there's there's updates for everything. However, in our little environment, the updates are often very, very frequent. And sometimes when I look at like the, the change log, I'm like, well, why did they have to push this out this week? Because you know they're going to put out another one next week anyway. So, so oh, it's we've got to clarify here. Are we talking about core or are we talking about the add-on plugins? Gosh, I guess I'm talking about all of it, Jonathan, because, you know, when I'm dealing with clients, it's it's all of it all the time. You know, and if you make a deal, as you well know, you know, you tell people, we update your plugins every month. Well, you're still getting support tickets all the time saying, you know, my plugins show that they need updated. Well, yeah, that month hasn't gone by yet. You know, it, there's just a constant thing. The the core plugins and the change to blocks and stuff has all been really interesting to watch. And from that standpoint, I'm going to give them a little more grace, right? Because when they transitioned to blocks and they and they really started making a lot of updates pretty quickly, I felt like they were really working on the product and I felt like they were making good strides. Now I feel like we're making really small incremental changes that I feel could be better served if they put them into, into bigger updates. You know what I mean? Not as frequent, but larger updates. Well, I never, when it, specifically, I think you're, you're commenting about updates to Gutenberg and the page building environment. I always felt that that should have been should have been kept separate as a plugin. But I understand the resist the resistance to that view because it has consequences because people then will not adapt adopt the new um, it. It will be. It will slow the adoption dramatically. Um, but my response to that, that if it's clear, you know, look at the traction or Alamator made, you know, um, other page build. If it's the best of breed, if it's seen as the best solution, it there it will be adapt adopted quite rapidly even if it is a separate plugin so i personally never um 
I understood the argument, and I'm not saying my reaction to it is right or wrong. I'm just being honest with my own. I never really bought into that, and I still feel it would have been better served as being a separate plug-in. Where, yeah. where the other thing is, we are on our service as part of our hosting package. We update all the plugins every week because we can't leave them to the month because there could be a security problem there, and it's very. We get you get these tickets constantly uh, about you now. I've logged in, and um, obviously, it's also linked to the slightly outdated um, role permission structure WordPress that, um, you know, really um, most users should be just be able to use editor. They shouldn't really be logged in as admin, but you, but you have to because um, editor won't cope. There's always some plug-in, either page build or something, learning management add-on and they just don't get enough permissions from the editor um it always in my mind it always needed a super admin account which you get with multi-site which has a super administrator and and a sub administrator um so that's always been a pet peeve with me. Do you think I'm on to something there, or do you think I'm not really there, really? I don't know. I, th- I think for, for me and my clients, I've been really pretty satisfied with the way it's set up. You know, I, I let them be admin, but for the most part, most of my clients take care of their updates and only call me if, you know, things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so which is which, you know, can bite you on, you know, if you've got an e-commerce or an mem- active membership site. Um, but what applies to a membership site really applies to e-commerce. Um, but I think, all the, you know, it's also linked to all these um, very um, in-your-face um, pop-ups and other things in the dashboard saying you need to update, you need to do this, that, on the other. And I, I think Daryl's spot on on his criticism. And um, that really, um, that's linked to point six. So um, let's go on to point three, security issues. What, what's your thoughts about that one? Uh, my thoughts are... Once I began to be more, have more accountability to myself as a professional, the the less I had to worry about it. Um, I can remember I had a couple of websites get hacked and it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare to eradicate the issue, find the code, make the changes, all that stuff. It was just a nightmare. And then I realized, wait a minute, you know, because I was... Quite and you know, self-admittedly, I was like an amateur at this thing. I wasn't actually a pro. And I was like, wait a minute, I've got plugins I haven't updated. I've got things I'm not using. I've got trail pieces of nonsense hanging around. And once you once you become accountable to yourself and and you know audit your site better and eliminate your unnecessary plugins and keep things updated, I'll be honest, Jonathan, I really haven't had any issues. I mean, it's been years. It's been years since I've had any kind of issues. Um, and there's products that help, like Malcare and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I think having a really quality hosting provider that deals with um, the 
Linux security element of of the of the whole package, keeping your plugins up to date, having a decent username password on your admin accounts, and you you know having a good partner like WP Tonic, um, or there's plenty of other great service maintenance partnerships that you can go with, um, especially if it's a money making website. You know, but on the other hand, even non-e-commerce membership, it should your website should be making you money uh, or donations or whatever. So there's a you know, but especially when it comes to e-commerce and membership, um, you've got to increase the security and you should have a good team player to help you there. But if you keep the plugins updated, and uh, you know, and also SaaS. You know, there was a major membership um, player, SaaS competitor to WordPress, and they were down for a whole day about a couple months ago. Um, so don't think it's just a WordPress. Um, it, th- these security problems um, affect. And one of the great things about WordPress is it's it's out there in public, the core, or if a plug, a major plugin has a security problem, there's a whole community, and it, it's soon made clear that if they haven't dealt with it, when you're dealing with SaaS, um, they, there is a track record of major security flaws, and the companies have decided to keep it quiet not make it public for commercial reasons. Um, just do a Google search and you'll see that I'm correct in there. So I think I think all the things he's listed, I actually think some of the most unfairest, um, the unfairest accusation about WordPress is this security issue. Um, in some ways, I think if you follow the best practice, it's a bit of a red herring, but it's still out there. Um, especially in the corporate world and some um, some other communities, it's, it's, it's one of those. That if you drop the ball, you're going to get bit. And and it's the way that it was proposed in the presentation was almost like it was WordPress's fault. It's not WordPress's fault if you don't take care of your stuff. You know? Yeah, I would say of the of the video, which was in general excellent. I think. Um, the security issues were the one area where I would disagree with Daryl's position, but I do understand what he was saying. Um, before we go for a break, we just go for one more um, con- consistent u constant UI changes. Um, obviously, um, with something like WordPress, which you have a core interface and then um, you have over 60 plugins, um, keeping some level of UI consistency will not match a fully integrated SaaS product. But, you, but you're making a bargain. You're also getting all that flexibility, which you won't get with a, a, a SaaS product. But um, I also think this has been exacerbated by Gutenberg and by the change, you know, um, and then the decision to go to full site editing, the main, the consistent changes that Gutenberg, Gutenberg had, we have seen with Gutenberg. I think 
this has exacerbated the situation to some extent. If I understand, don't get me wrong, it seems like somewhat, sometimes that I'm really anti-Gutenberg. Um, that is not the truth. It, it, it definitely needed um, a much better editing experience. And you, we now seem to be getting to an area where you can really see the power of Gutenberg. But I think it's linked to the beginning of this conversation when I said that I felt that Gutenberg should have been kept as a plug-in and not been in core. So I think they're linked. What What's your own feelings about this, Kirk? I never really thought about it as Gutenberg and WordPress being separate. I always thought of them as being integrated. So in my brain, it's the, it's the same. Um, as far as like thinking about constant UI changes, you know, I, I go back to everything updates and we all have to get used to it. Like if you looked at an iPhone four from back in the day and you looked at an iPhone 14, um, you know, the use and the swipes and the, the gestures are completely different. Right. And that's something that you've just had to grow into. Same with Android. I'm an Android user. So, so my pixel. I'll, 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 I'll forgive you. <laughs> so, um, so when I think about the constant UI changes, I go, well, that's kind of expected. And I'll tell you where I kind of hiccup is like just yesterday I signed into a new client's website and he still had the class, he has the classic editor plugin in there, you know, and I'm trying to fumble around in this in what I used to do years ago. And I'm going, how did I work with this? And why are people choosing to use this? Like it's to me, it's like, it feels like stepping back so far back in time. And so I, I actually, I, you know, even though I'm in my mid fifties, I still, I still like change. I like the advancement. And when I, because it's WordPress and you can go back in time um, with that, with that classic editor plugin and stuff, I'm like, I, I would much rather have the newer interface and, and have to learn it then keep fumbling around with the older system. Um, yeah. And the thing with Gutenberg blocks is when I first load up a WordPress site and, and I have someone that wants me to work in blocks, it's like, okay, I can do this, but I find that there's, I need those other tools that are out there. I need to add all the other add-ons that go with Gutenberg, you know, the essentials, the cadence blocks, the spectra, you know, whatever it is to get that extra functionality or that extra control of that editor. And that's where I think, there's going to be a lot of room for growth with WordPress. They're either going to have to find a way to like suck those extra tools into their, their structure or um, find a better way to, to make more people understand how that stuff glues together. You know what well, I mean? Well, it is tricky um, because um, you get, you get this consistently in the WordPress community or ecosystem. Um, you have like two currents that are going in two directions at the same. Um, and what I mean by that is that you remember, I don't propose that we name them, but we were looking at um, calendar solutions. And you said one of the calendar solutions really takes over the whole back end and imposes a, a, their own UX design and you don't like it. And I don't like it. I prefer when when they try and work with the traditional metaphor um, that back end of WordPress rather than uh, taking over the whole screen with their custom UL design. But yeah. other people would say, well, they do that because 
the year, the back end of WordPress is shown its age and it's dated. So that that they're both consistent arguments, are they? They're not. It's not a black and white scenario, is it? In my mind, no, no, no that's true. All right. You keep saying that, Kirk. That's the best way to handle me. Uh, right, so, uh, um, no, right, I've only teased him. Um, we're going to go for our break, folks. We will be back in a few moments. We've got a couple of messages from some other sponsors. Be back in a few moments. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code podcast 20 that's podcast two zero enjoy the rest of your show we're coming back i want to point out that um why don't you look at wp tonic as your hosting partner especially if you've got clients looking to build a membership website and wordpress um not only do you get fantastic hosting we also offer great packages for developers where you can earn consistent income by being a WP Tonic partner. Um, we also offer an enormous library of plugins so you don't have to get into any arguments with clientele that doesn't want to buy the best plugin. Plus, we are update all the plugins and core with you. And we just are a great partner so you can really concentrate in providing the best solution to your customer. Um, to do that, all you have to do is go over to WPTonic slash partners, WPTonic slash partners, and sign up to become a partner with WPTonic if you're a WordPress professional. So let's go over, let's go further. Um, the subscription model, and um, I think what Daryl meant by that was um, having all these plugins and to get the updates and support. He actually thought that um, um, that wasn't totally fair, and he thought that um, my mind's gone blank. Um, Cold Code Canyon or um, Does It Better, where you can buy, um, you get up, updates for the life, but the, the support and maintenance, you do have to, you get a couple months support and maintenance, but then to get continuous support and maintenance, you've got to pay extra. But the actual updates for the plug-in, um, you get those for life. 
I actually agree with him there. I think the you know at WP Tonic, um, we update all the plugins, and if they if they're not on the maintenance, we will roll back the plugin to the previous version. Um, I, I actually do agree with him there. I, I think it's really messy. Um, what what's your own views about this, Kirk? Well, I get to see this picture from both sides of the street, right? Because, you know, I'm, I work with another plugin developer. So, you know, the funding's got to come from somewhere. So you either need to have a constant influx of new sales or you need to have a way that covers the maintenance and development of the product. And I think it depends on what type of product it is and how much ongoing development it's going to require, Jonathan. I mean, if, if you create, you know, a widget that does a simple thing and then you're like, here it is, well, then maybe that needs to be a lifetime deal. And, and, and people need to people need to come to terms with themselves on how they sell their stuff. I can tell you when you have a plugin that does this, 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 and there's constantly a feature request channel where they're always asking for extra development and more stuff to happen that funding's got to come from somewhere and it comes from repeat sales in a lot of cases. Um, so I, I get the subscription model, but I, I ain't happy about it either. Like as the customer, anytime there's a lifetime deal, I'm a buyer. Like I like Astra lifetime elementor. I, I think was a lifetime for elementor when they came out. I think they did one. Anything was lifetime sweet dash lifetime. Like it's out. I'll take it. My video host is a lifetime deal, right? It's it's as soon as they offer it, I'm on it because those renewals always come at the worst possible times. You know, right when a client cuts short on a contract or doesn't pay an invoice is when plugins come due for payment. And it's when the rest of the bills are due that month. And it's you're looking at your accounts and you're going, I can't believe I got to pay all this out again. But we play in this park. Oh, is you know, it, you, you, I totally agree with you. And you've just done a great job of emphasizing why these people should be a partner with WP Tonic. Because uh, we buy all the plugins. Um, we got a sweet true. plug. Um, so you thank say it you again. That. You're absolutely true. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, but you, you are right. That um, I see there is no black and white here, folks. Daryl's um, point of view, I can understand. But I think you were really spot on in what you were saying as well about, so you can see it. I think Daryl's position was the end users and you've just kind of put yourself in the developer. And if developers and plugin shops can't make revenue, um, that means there, there, there will be a lot less plugin choices. And um, I also... um be a good thing. Pardon? But that could be a good thing. Well, that well, that's a two-edged sword in its own right, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, like I say, a lot of these things, there is no right or wrong. Um, so, um, number six, no enforcement. Um, what I thought this was an excellent point, and I, I, I'm consistent when I was doing my round table show. It was a consistent thing that uh, I hammered away, and he was. What's your views about what Daryl said about no enforcement? I, I got to say, I agree with the video pretty much completely, I, you know, but it's, um, and, and I go back to like the volunteer thing too. They kind of blend together for me. Cause I, I try to think about how the organizations put together, how they track things, how they, you know, how they do stuff. 
and it all kind of falls into one mush, you know? Um, how do you think, how do you think they should handle enforcement? A lot better than what they are. Um, <laughs> um, um, I think, I think it's this whole business of its volunteers, um, which I, I'm not having a go at them. I think they, they've, uh, they've done an excellent job. Um, obviously, he highlighted a um, a discussion um, from a, pl- a major plug-in provider with, um, uh, and I've heard other horror stories, but you know that that you know you're dealing with human beings, especially when you're dealing with support tickets. You you, you can just very quickly get burnt out. Um, but the whole thing, it, to me, is a total hot mess, absolute hot mess. And um, I think um, WordPress Org doesn't have any direct um, revenue sources. I, I've put the idea that um, plugins should go through a quality coding check and a security check that's provided by WordPress org and then they get a blue tick um, and be part and I also feel WordPress org should have a paid um, curated list of plugins that are, are pro plugins but they're not saying which is best or best they only say that they've met quality standards through coding security and there should be a a list of requirements that the plugin shop has agreed to meet to meet to um and they should be charged for that um and there's a lot of ways revenue and at the present moment um the people in WordPress.org are volunteers. They should be paid, as far as I. But that would necessitate that there's more revenue streams that go with WordPress.org, and the whole thing has been going this way, and it's been very frustrating. And there doesn't seem any chance of any change. These are great. Um, what Daryl pointed out, um, and I think other people have as well, um, it's great stuff, but I, I just don't see, and I gave up on it because I just don't see any drive in WordPress.org, in the founder, Matt Merweg, in Automatic. I see absolutely no um, focus or any willingness to really look at this model what do you reckon? Well, Jonathan, uh, you know, I'm a person of faith and, you know, I'm involved in church and I see it almost as a similar model. You know, it's, it's how someone volunteers. And instead of saying, thanks for volunteering, they say, what can you do next? What can you do next? And next thing you know, you are just burning the candle at both ends and the quality of service that you're able to give diminishes because you're relied on so heavily and you're not being compensated for your time, let alone compensated correctly for your time. Um, the whole idea of running this thing on, on a, on a volunteer process to me, when I found out that that's because I didn't know, when I found out that that was the way that went, I think it was just a couple of years ago, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And 
I didn't understand all the rules until recently about how a plugin can uh, offer assistance through the forums and all that kind of stuff. And when I found out the rules about links and emails and all that, I was like, so you can have a direct answer to help somebody and you can't give them a direct answer to help somebody because it's going to break the rule to answer the question. And that, that to me was like, there's, there's, it's horribly broken because it's not customer centric. It's not vendor centric. It's not anything centric. It just becomes. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I'm going to use my favorite word, Kirk. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. totally bonkers. It's just bonkers. It's absolute, utterly bonkers. Um, on to the next one, um, spam spam notices, which is a bit of link to um, constant UI changes in a way. But he meant, you know, these consistent banners, upgrade your plugin. Um, it, this is another total hot mess. Uh, it's very similar situation. Um, it's linked to no enforcement, isn't it? it um, and the thing that's really upset is that some of the worst players seem to be given special treatment where other people, they're hammered. There doesn't seem to be any consistency about who gets hammered by WordPress.org and who just gets a, uh, gets the red light or the yellow light and gets at it. Um, what's your own thoughts about this? Dealing with clients, I think this is one of the most frustrating things that I see because you do you do the hard work, you put together a, a package, a program that meets their best use case, and you build them the package, the tools they need to, to make the best business decision for their project. And then all this crud comes up in their dashboard, and then comes the support tickets, phone calls, and emails with, do I need this? Do I need that? I'm getting notified about this. I'm getting notified about that. And my thought the whole time, because it makes me angry, I'm like, if the plugin developers resent offering it as a freemium example, they never should have put it out that way. Because if it meets the need, there's no reason to upgrade. You know, it, it's I, I'm all about pro services and add-ons and all those as long as they meet the use case. But if the if the base product meets the use case, leave my client alone, because all it does is create heartache and second guessing down the road. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, so um, let's go last one, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. We've got about four hours, which you'll be able to <laughs> listen and watch if you go over to the WP Tonic YouTube channel, and you should subscribe to that as well. That really supports the show. So um, the white screen of death. This is reduced to some degree, but it's still out there. Um, I don't, you know, but this is linked to utilizing really cheap hosting and not you, not up that uses out of date versions of PHP to my, or you to not updating plugins. Um, it's, they're the two main things in my experience that leads to the white screen. What's, what's your own views about that? I didn't have much interaction with this particular problem until a really well-known major plugin did an update <laughs> like six months ago. And I had like 10 websites because they were on auto update, which, you know, I guess I shouldn't have done. For you know, that, well, that's not to you. I, I never ever that, would have done an update. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all of a sudden, you know, I'm spending a whole day 
disabling plugins and copying plugin files and renaming things and going and rolling back plugins and then re and it's what a nightmare and and it's and it's like wow this is what this is what it comes down to super annoying i i you know i wish if there was um a fault or something like that it, you would still get a site but it reduced functionality or something but to have it go completely white and dead um that scares the crud out of people yeah, and it always happens that you know. But like I say, if you if you if you've got a really good hosting provider, you, you don't always get what you pay for, um, but you, normally you do. Um, um, and you're you're just not going to get great hosting below ten dollars a month. You know, you're going to be looking at ten to twenty dollars plus, depending. And if you're looking at a membership website or e-commerce, you know, it's it's 30 to 50 range, depending what, it's just the reality. But that should be a, a money-making website, which is a total different scenario to, you know, I'm going to utilise a term which I hate using, a market. it's only a marketing website. I think that's a ridiculous term anyway. It's got all kind of connotations which I don't like anyway, but I'm still using that term. Um, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. We're going to, we've got about four other points that we want to get through. Um, you can watch the, re- the whole interview and the bonus by going over to the YouTube channel, the WP Tonic YouTube channel. If you found the, this podcast and you find the additional information really useful, um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It really does help the show. So, Kirk, what's the best way for people to find out more about you, what you're up to, and your services, Kirk? Uh, Manana Nomas is the best way to find me because I've had that name forever and it's all over the internet. So Manana Nomas, make tons of content, easy to find. Um, focused on membership and learning websites. And I like to help agencies find success with that kind of material as well. So uh, I'm open to a lot of conversations. Just look me up and I'm on LinkedIn like two hours a day. So LinkedIn is Kurt Von Onnen and uh, just like it's spelled on the screen there. And uh, I'd look forward to meeting you. Yeah, Kurt really knows his stuff. He's very experienced in management and the corporate world as well. So if you're looking for advice, if you're an agency, Kirk is a great resource. So I highly recommend him. We'll be back next week. Got a great, great interview with a great founder and a personality in WordPress. We will be interviewing Adam Presler. Uh, from WP Crafter. Um, always a great conversation with Adam. Um, it should be a lively one. Adam doesn't mince his words. So um, it will be our last show of 2022, but we will be going out with a, a good conversation, I feel. We will be back next week, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.